As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2. On the right, right over here is John Hancock. Top of the morning. And on the left, the gentleman who's very uncomfortable with contact right now. He's a little freaked <laughs> out about, about Corona. I'll sneeze on you. We'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Michael Kelly, good, good morning. to see you. Can we shake hands with me? No. Okay, I'll be, I'll be <laughs> that's all you're doing. <laughs> all right, I'm John Brown. The big news over the past few days, and then there were two, kind of. I will not be running for president in 2020, but I guarantee I will stay in the fight. Elizabeth Warren announcing she is suspending her campaign while remarking on the possibility of sexism in the 2020 race and lamenting that a female candidate will no longer be contending. One of the hardest parts of this is all those picky promises and all those little girls who are going to have to wait four more years. Warren's withdrawal coming two days after Super Tuesday, after the Democratic senator failed to win her home state of Massachusetts and put up dismal results in the polls. I think that, that we all know, and this election cycle in particular, has also presented very legitimate questions about the challenges of women running for president of the United States. Instead, it was Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders who catapulted to the top two. All that I can say is that uh, in Bernie Sanders, you will have a president who will be a very, very strong advocate uh, for women's rights. President Trump weighed in on Warren's announcement on Twitter, saying it comes, quote, three days too late and probably cost Bernie Sanders the nomination. Had she gotten out, uh, it would have been a very different situation. Warren opted not to endorse another candidate in the race Thursday, but instead said now is the time to take a deep breath and think about the choice a little longer. In Washington, Doug McElway, Fox News. Okay, last week we were talking about how Bloomberg could pull it out, maybe Buttigieg, maybe Klobuchar. Two weeks ago we read Joe Biden's obituary. Things have changed. Have you ever seen something change this Nobody quickly? has. And anybody who said that they've predicted this is lying to you. I mean, this is unprecedented. Look, the win in South Carolina after the endorsement by James Clyborne was important. It was a huge victory. Then there must have been some type of invisible hand that kind of helped work behind the scenes to help push some of these folks out. What do you mean by that, invisible hand? Well, I mean, clearly there were some operators, operatives or someone that was working to, uh, you know, say, look, we've got to consolidate support. It was, you know, Bernie Sanders was going to be a problem for it and is a problem if he leads the ticket for the Democratic Party. It's plain and simple. I get it. I'm going to hear from the Bernie bros. That's fine. This is all about beating Donald Trump. And then after South Carolina, we went to the big Super Tuesday. Then we have the, uh, the small Super Tuesday coming up this week. People have coalesced behind uh, Joe Biden. We are ready to defeat Donald Trump. How do you convince somebody like a Mayor Pete, like a, a Klobuchar, some of these others to drop out if that mighty hand came in and said, uh, no, well, this is going Well, first, Brown, I want to say thank you. For what? Not 
running the tape of all the times I said, Biden can't do this. <laughs> oh, we saved the happen. tape. We saved the tape. He always says save the tape. We've got them all. So here's, here's how it happened. It was Barack Obama. I'm convinced. You think so? I am. And, and look, the Democrats are in full freakout mode over the, over the prospect of Bernie Sanders being the nominee. And what they couldn't risk was having multiple candidates stay in this field and have Biden or have uh, Bernie get to the convention with a plurality of the delegates and then take the nomination from him. That would have been a political disaster. This way, by getting it into a two-way race, uh, Biden's going to get the delegates. He's, he's going to go to the convention. He's going to have enough delegates to win it on the first ballot. And uh, it is the single best case scenario for them. And, and it had to be somebody of, of stature. It had to be Barack Obama that but, it, but it's important to remember at the end of the day, it was women, African Americans, and Latinos who came out in record numbers to support Joe Biden. And anybody who says that's establishment is being naive, but clearly there were some operatives working behind the scenes too. But, okay, let's go back to the first Super Tuesday, right? Uh, are you guys surprised at all? I'll start with you on this one. That Bloomberg didn't resonate at all? I was seeing some of those numbers come in. I'm like, boy, after the hundreds of millions of dollars here, you got very little for it. Yeah, well, he won American Samoa, Brown. Which is yeah. big. I mean, that's, yeah. and I, I know he had said all along, if I can just win American yeah. Samoa, everything's going to be okay. That was his firewall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm a little surprised. I mean, half a billion dollars worth of advertisement, and not just the advertisement, he had on-the-ground troops in all of these states, you know, well-paid operatives uh, with, a, with a genuine ground game. But clearly, his subpar debate performances uh, did him in, and... He didn't really have, once Joe Biden, like, once they used the paddles on Biden and he, like, came back to life, there really was no place for Bloomberg in this race. And, uh, and, and, and he re recognized it and he got out. So I, I really think South Carolina changed it. Otherwise, had, had Joe Biden barely won South Carolina, not won South Carolina, I think we'd be sitting here talking about a Super Tuesday where Michael Bloomberg excelled. The presidential contest is very unique in that free media can play a role, and there's no doubt about it. After the win in South Carolina, three days later we have Super Tuesday, the free media, the consolidation behind Joe Biden did it. So I'm, I'm not one who wants to dance on Michael uh, Bloomberg's grave because he was this close to being the person we would be discussing right now. Well, and okay, this just came to me here. We've talked so much about Iowa is not a good choice for the first caucus, right? That shouldn't happen. You have uh, a New Hampshire, which is... Uh, nearly 100% white, right? right? Maybe South Carolina is the one that should bump up to the beginning here because it's much more representative, it's a growing state. Maybe that's where you start because it had a bigger impact than all the rest, well, especially on the Democrats. I think side. this is something the parties need to get together and, and deal with collectively, and we need to deal with it as a country. I don't know that going state by state is the way we ought to do this. What about regional primaries? What about one in the Northeast, one in the Midwest, one in the Southeast, one out West? I think it would give the opportunity for these candidates to actually come and do retail politics in states they've never participated in outside of Iowa. Joe Biden won seven states he never even went into. And spent no money. Right. That's the other thing he got outspent. Here's something I found interesting in one of the polls that was out this week. When asked what does Joe Biden stand for, a lot of people said they have no idea, but the most common answer was he's the guy who can defeat Donald Trump. They don't even know what he stands for. It doesn't matter. And then the second most common answer was he's the one who can bring civility back to American politics. John, is that something you base your candidate choice on? I mean, they don't even know what he stands for. Yeah, he was um, Barack Obama's vice president, but okay, what's he going to do? Well, it's interesting because the, the 
electability argument is essentially an establishment argument, right? They, it's the establishment, the party bosses who care most about electability. Uh, this was a victory for the political machine, you know, which uh, clearly in 2016, Donald Trump decimated the political machine. And a lot of people thought Bernie Sanders was on his way to, uh, to doing that here. Uh, but this is a comeback of no, the political machine. In 2015 and 16, nobody knew what Donald Trump stood for. They, Joe Biden has 30 years worth of records, which are going to get a thorough examination yeah. by the Republicans, and eight years as a vice president to the most popular Democratic president in modern time. We all know what he stands for, and the bonus is he beats Donald Trump, and he does bring back normalcy okay. to the White House. Very quickly. got about a minute left on this one. I want to talk about, is it smart for one of these guys, Bernie, because his supporters, where are they going to go? Right now they're really mad at the Democratic Party. Is it smart for one of these guys to name a VP very, very quickly and say, that's my person, let's bring those people into the tent? Do you think no. they're going to do You don't think so? Nope. Not going to do that? I don't think that No, way. I don't think so either. Okay. And you need a long time to really, really vet that because the, only, the vice president can do a lot of damage to you if you pick the wrong one. Well, just ask Sarah Palin, right? <laughs> it can have an impact. By the way, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet this week. We have a bunch of old guys running for office right now. Bill Clinton, been out of office 20 years. George W. Bush, been out of office 11 years. They're still both younger than all the candidates right now. Well, the Democrats are going with the youth movement here. They, they got the young <laughs> candidates, got all the momentum out there with Joe Biden. Oh, you act like Donald Trump's some young little <laughs> whippersnapper. He's, he's almost a 70, 73. He's, oh, he's a kid. Hey, he's, a month, he's a month older than George Bush and two months older than Bill Clinton. He's a kid. <laughs> Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, we're going to get ready for the Missouri primary. That's coming up in a couple of days. Plus, the big talk in Republican politics this week was if President Trump is going to drop Mike Pence to spice up the election. All right, we'll talk about that next. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Before we talk about the Missouri primary coming up in a couple of days, also some scuttlebutt this week, which is a great word. I don't think it gets used enough. Do you ever use scuttlebutt? No. No? I'll bet you I know who does use scuttlebutt. Who's that? Joe Biden. He uses all those words. <laughs> Malarkey, the balderdash. He's, he's, he's going to make balderdash great again. <laughs> well, why not? I'll make scuttlebutt great again. All right, the big scuttlebutt this week. President Trump may be looking for a new VP, if you believe insiders, right? Okay, now there may actually be some logic to this. And what do you guys think about this? The name popping up right now is Nikki Haley. And here's the reason why. Uh, Mike Pence doesn't really bring anything to the ticket right now, right? Is he the guy to succeed President Trump? Most people say no, Nikki Haley. Is that worth even discussing? I don't think they're going to make so. a change. I mean, now, Donald Trump is unpredictable. So, <laughs> you know, anything could happen. Uh, nothing would shock me in that regard. But I fully expect Mike Pence will be on the ticket. But you need somebody who's going to be the next person, right? I don't know that they have that with Mike Pence. I don't know if he could win. Uh, I don't know what, I don't, I don't even pretend to give the Republicans advice on what they ought to do. But how are they going to find somebody who's going to sit in cabinet meetings and longingly talk about the leadership of you, President Trump. Could be Josh Hawley now. I'd like to say <laughs> Josh Hawley. Oh, I, I'll get some emails about that one. Okay, then. Wow. <laughs> 
Hey, it's stream of conscious, all right? That's good stuff. Well, I didn't, okay. The Missouri primary coming up in just a matter of days, although we're not really the biggest prize of Super Tuesday. Well, we're Super Tuesday part two, which is still vital. You got, what, almost 70 delegates up for grabs on the Democratic side. So let's talk numbers here. Fox 2, along with Nexstar Media and Emerson College up in Boston, did some exclusive polling this week. We released those results. Here's Spencer Kimball, the director of polling at Emerson. Well, what we see is a very tight race with Joe Biden at about 48% and Bernie Sanders about 44%. And this kind of exceeded our expectations of where Sanders would be, particularly in light of Super Tuesday, where we saw so much momentum going towards Joe Biden. We expected to see maybe a little bit stronger performance out of Joe at this point. But of course, we're still about you know five days away and things can change. I got, to, I got to talk with him off the air a little bit, and he said they were really shocked. They had to go back and look and make sure these numbers are, are legit because they thought that um, the Sanders numbers seemed a little bit high to them. They seem high to me, too. I think, look, momentum means something. Yesterday we had Vice President Biden in St. Louis. Bernie Sanders is over in Kansas City. I think Biden wins this 53, 54% of the vote. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I was surprised at the numbers. Although, if you go back four years ago, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden were neck and neck in Missouri. So... Um, you know, it could be, those numbers could be accurate. Yeah, and here's something else that stood out to me, all right? We'll talk about some of the other numbers. We did tons of polling here, and here's one that stood out to me, and I want to get your guys' thought on this one. Okay, the question was, and these are Democrats primarily and some independents, okay? They're out the Republicans here. When did you make up your mind about who to support? More than a month ago, about 42%. Within the last month was at 19. Sometime last week was 17. And in the last three days was about 10%. Maybe this takes into account. Now, this is before Elizabeth Warren dropped, okay? We, we did this poll just before that. Okay. Um, in the last three days, it shows there's still a lot of movement here, uh, I think. And maybe that's just because so many people did drop out. Yeah, but I think that happened after South Carolina as well. Look, I've been a Biden supporter since day one. You were in Iowa. I went in Iowa, but yep. I would have... If, if this wasn't going to work for Joe Biden, I was going to be with whatever Democrat could actually beat Donald Trump. So it's not surprising that we would see people as as support coalesce behind Joe Biden, people saying, that's who I'm with because I want to beat Donald Trump. Okay, but I can't remember which it was. It wasn't South Carolina. It was one of the earlier states. Maybe it was, I don't know, New Hampshire. But about 10% of people said they didn't know until they went into it and pulled the trigger. Well, that's, that's weird. To me, I think it's weird that you haven't decided when right. you go in, you're like... Yeah, okay, here's my guy. Well, not right? everybody is uh, political animals like the three of us, Brown. And, and you know, the, a lot of people out there don't spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff. I guess and so. Here comes the election. Oh, I got to go vote. Uh, okay, who am I going to vote for? All right, one other one here. We asked the single most important issue. Again, Democrats and independents mostly here. Uh, and there are the numbers here. Healthcare, way out in front, 27%. Environment, 15 Social issues at 15 And the economy at 13 Michael Kelly. This has got to be the fifth or sixth presidential election where health care is constantly top of the list. And, you know, we punted this back and forth as parties. The American people are left in the middle. They're going to be looking for real solutions here to our health care. One third of the dollars spent in this country are in health care. Okay, this is, this is, and this is something that I truly don't know, right? I'm just going to throw this out there. If 
we've seen the numbers where most people are happy with their health insurance at work, right? And the right. numbers are really big of the people who have health insurance at work. One third still say they're concerned about health care. What exactly, and that's what I'd like to drill into, what exactly are you concerned about? Would you have any idea? Uh, I would think primarily it's the cost. Is it? Um, hmm. Because, you know, if you've, got a, if you've got a decent policy, you've got all the excess you need. I mean, it's, you know, it's going to cost you something. There are a lot of people watching this show right now who have no health care at all or who are underinsured. And there are a lot of people who are one paycheck away from not having health insurance. This is sick. Okay. weighing on a lot of people's minds on a daily basis. We've got to figure this out as a country. Otherwise, every presidential election, think about it, for the last, what, four or five cycles has been about health care. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, let's talk coronavirus. My buddy over here, sorry I touched Quit you. touching me. Still the biggest story of the week. But did you know that a researcher wanted to begin testing for a vaccine recently? but he couldn't get the money from the government to do it. Now, when I say recently, I'm talking about 2016. Well, the stock market is a bit rocky. You probably know that by now, but the economy is humming along. The Fed just re, uh, le released a report saying the U.S. economy added 273,000 jobs in February. That's far more than the economists had predicted. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate fell back to the historic low of 3.5 percent. Well, job numbers just came out and they're incredible. The job numbers were tremendous and uh, we picked up close to 80,000 new jobs from the last report. And if you add that up, it's over 350,000 jobs. Job numbers just came out a little while ago, and uh, they were shocking to the people that were analyzing them. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't always see the connection between what the stock market does and what's going on with the economy, because the stock market, a lot of emotion there. Um, but the economy seems to be humming along. Well, of right course, now. the economy has been humming along for 10 years. But remember, this president wants us to judge him by the stock market. He said that from day one. He was out there tweeting constantly about the stock market. Look, the jobs are good. The uncertainty of this coronavirus hasn't been felt yet. It's scary. Hopefully, we can get it under control. Um, and I think the main reason we're seeing the uncertainty in the market is we have the leader of our country saying one thing, and we have the people with the MDs behind their name who work at the WHO and the, the health organizations saying quite a different story. Well, look, you, you look at the, all the metrics of this economy are solid. They're strong, and they're stronger than they've been. And you can talk about your 10 years or whatever. The economy has hummed, particularly since the election of Donald Trump. And whether, whatever you may think about Donald Trump, that is inarguable. And unemployment's at 3.5%, uh, jobs being created, manufacturing jobs being created, low interest rates, the housing uh, is, is off the charts right now, real estate's doing well, every sector of the economy. Now, this coronavirus hiccup um, potentially could, could be a real problem. I hope and pray that it isn't, mm -hmm. because if it isn't, this economy is going to be so strong that I think it will all by itself reelect yeah. Donald Trump. Very quickly here with this coronavirus, there was a story out this week about this researcher down in Texas who said in 2016 they tried to get a vaccine. They couldn't get the money from the government. They couldn't get the money from pharmaceutical companies. Nobody wanted to fund this because nobody cared. And yet, you know, we've talked so many times about what bird flu they predict is going to kill 150 million people. It didn't. I think you have all these factors playing in with why we're kind of all over the place on this, Michael Kelly. Well, it seems scary to me. I don't know. I'm petrified of this doggone thing just because 
that the amount of attention it's getting and all these important people who are having press conferences talking about how bad it's going to be and then the market's tanking, I'm scared. But you'll still get on a plane. Yeah. The dude's got a, <laughs> the dude's got a stack of soap at his place, Brown. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's soap on top of soap on top of soap. I'm washing my hands. He washes his soap with soap. I started calling him Lady Macbeth. All he does is wash his hands. <laughs> Getting chafed there. Come on. <laughs> Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, it is time for final thoughts. Stick around. Time for final thoughts right now. Rock, paper, scissors. You're up first. Well, Brown, Good I... Good work if you do it yourself. <laughs> that was because I knew where I was going. I celebrated yes. a birthday last week. Well, happy birthday. And I have reached the age, Brown, where my birthday cake now sets off the smoke detector. <laughs> Does it? It's... It's so bad. I asked him to do something for me this week. He's like, yeah, Tuesday's great. And I get a text later. Tuesday's my birthday. You're <laughs> forgetting your own birthdays. I have so now. many candles on that thing. And we're all going to be together on election night here yes. on Fox 2, so you'll be able to hear the latest uh. results there. Mine is Michael Bloomberg. Yep. It's really popular right now in my party to be all over this guy. And I'm with you. He's a billionaire. He was trying to buy the presidency. We were this close to be looking at Michael Bloomberg potentially being our nominee. And I'm hopeful that he sticks around and helps us defeat Donald Trump. Now you're going to love him because he's going to put money into this race. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. If you missed any part of this show, you can download it on your smartphone. Search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace is next, and we'll see you back here next Sunday.